Frauke? Okay, uh, as you already gathered, the talk today is about democratizing uh, wireless networks with uh, the Lime SDR, open source. You have to speak right into the microphone. Right, right into it. Okay, brilliant. So probably this hallway. Yeah. <coughs> open source field programmable RF technology. So I'll start off with a very brief introduction to Lime Microsystems. I'll then dive into uh, software-defined radio, and then I'll start talking about how the Lime SDR, with its field programmable RF technology, uh, brings this forward uh, from some of the existing uh, software-defined radios out there. And then I'll go into a, a sort of more tutorial-type example with a GPS system, which will show how we use some of these uh, field-programmable blocks to start to simplify the SDR radio interface with the computer. Uh, there's one other short example, and then I'll finish with a summary, and then you can ask me lots of questions, and I probably won't know the answer to them. Okay, Lime started in 2005. There were just three of us originally. Uh, we were in the basement of a building, and uh, gradually it, it grew up, and uh, it got uh, placed into uh, Guildford in the United Kingdom, and it's grown into a world-changing, uh, award-winning company. Uh, successfully developed two field-programmable RF transceivers, and there's a third one that's about to be announced, I believe, uh, in the near future. Uh, we have approximately uh, 250 uh, customers, though I think that may have gone up uh, this afternoon uh, with Ricardus. <laughs> um, our focus is on high performance. Okay. Our focus is on the high performance single uh, chip field programmable RF transceivers for wireless communications and software defined radio. So if you like, it's a one solution for any frequency and any standard. Uh, our mission is to democratize the world of RF uh, transceivers just as the field programmable gate array has democratized the world of digital electronics. Traditionally, to make a mobile wireless network, you needed lots and lots of money. Uh, then you needed a big operator to administrate it, and you needed a big self-contained wireless network to uh, roll out your system across the land. And then you needed these very large, expensive uh, base stations. Uh, any sign of that laser printer? It would come in quite useful around about now. Uh, so basically, you've got these tall masts with, uh, on top of your schools frying your children. Um, <laughs> They do in the UK, and they put them in the petrol stations as well. That's the other favourite hiding place, and fake trees. Um, so what's happened is technology has moved on uh, since those days, and we now have uh, very low-cost, very high-performance computers readily available. Uh, we have low-cost, high-performance radio frequency ICs, which form the front end of software-defined radios. Um, there's been a move from the big macro cells to femtocells and picocells to increase capacity uh, in the wireless uh, networks. There's also widespread rollout of Wi-Fi and Ethernet and ADSL. 
and there's a continual advance of the open source uh, software uh, community, particularly uh, pushed on by the um, existing SDR dongle uh, community. So these things are kind of laid a foundation for a major step forward in uh, the software-defined radio arena. So now it's feasible to set up your own wireless network for about $1,000. And uh, this would typically consist of a small box with antennas on it. Uh, it's quite portable. You just plug it into your Ethernet or your ADSL or whatever you need. And you can then roll out LTE, uh, GSM. Uh, many of these things are now downloadable, I believe. Is it Snappy Ubuntu? It is Snappy Ubuntu. Yeah. yeah. So you can just download it as an app out onto the computer and uh, you have your uh, radio network for you and your neighbors. Uh, how fantastic. Right. Okay, so when we started out on this path about 11 years ago, we rather naively went around to different companies and said, what do you want? And uh, they started bombarding us with all these different requests for different kinds of systems. And um, you can divide them into kind of about four categories, I think. You have the classic uh, data uh, transmission systems, such as uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. You have your mobile communication systems, GSM Edge, LTE, uh, WCDMA. You have your entertainment-based systems, uh, such as uh, digital television, uh, AM and FM radio, if you have that over here, and uh, <laughs> uh, digital satellite, and uh, on top of that comes, uh, careful with the laser, um, yeah, on top of that you have the um, satellite-based systems such as uh, GPS and uh, uh, satellite mobile phones, and obviously you get some of the more uh, unusual ones such as uh, radar and uh, uh, Morse code is still very popular with the amateurs, but uh, not so much with the mainstream communications these days. So in order to meet these um, wide range of uh, applications, we need a software-defined radio. Any other approach isn't really going to work because you go down the road of doing a custom chip for each radio standard and uh, you get locked into that. So, uh, we, we, we bravely said, well, we can deliver software-defined radio. Uh, then come all the uh, horrible questions. Um, Ricardo gets an email uh, a load of these each day of, uh, can it do this? Can it meet this specification? And uh, <coughs> it's really quite uh, intimidating in some respects. But... Um, Basically, some of these uh, come from the specifications of the radio standards. Some of these come from the way the, um, uh, the, the manufacturers actually implement their particular systems. So, for example, um, a lot of the mobile handset people use uh, DigiRF, which I think is over there somewhere. And um, obviously, the GPS people tend to use RS-232 um, and, and so on. Uh, more interestingly, uh, what's happening is uh, in the, uh, where has it gone? This one here, I think it is. No, this one. Uh, the, the, um, uh, the digital uh, television people are starting to move to 4096 QAM, uh, which is putting quite a severe uh, s uh, stress on the uh, phase noise of your synthesizers. Uh, so that's quite an exciting one to uh, come out. 
another one is uh, in 5G. Uh, everyone's suddenly talking about phased array antennas. Uh, so there's some quite uh, exciting emerging applications coming out. So the idea is that we need a radio chip that is field programmable so that it's defined by the customer and not by the factory. There are many ways of actually implementing a software-defined radio and uh, it's probably fair to say that none of them are strictly um, perfect. There's always um, variations that are better for certain situations than others. Um, the particular one we're favoring here is with the uh, radio card um, as general as we can make it, but with the specific things for the application, uh, the, um, provide, the, the uh, end user would then provide. So for example, you would need your uh, saw filters, your RF switches, your PAs. So this would either be provided by the user or by a third party manufacturer. And likewise, your computer will come largely from a third-party manufacturer. Uh, it will be stacked up with open source software, which you just downloaded. And it will be connected uh, to uh, Wi-Fi or Ethernet or something like that to give you external connectivity. So the radio card itself would consist of a uh, RFIC, a field programmable gate array um, device for the digital side of this. So typically this would contain the data link and any additional uh, data processing you need to be done in real time. And then you would have a USB free uh, connectivity here to give you the data rates that you need in actually doing a real time radio. So some of the features of the Lime SDR, we believe it's a next generation open source a software-defined radio platform. It's based on the uh, 7002 uh, field programmable RF uh, chip, uh, which Lime is designed. And it has the advantage that it's a f um, designed for these uh, femtocells. So it has many of the capabilities that a, a classic femtocell would have. So for example, it's capable of doing frequency division duplexing and time division duplexing. Uh, it has independent TX and RX transceivers, so you can transmit at one frequency and receive at another, or you can tune them to, to both the same frequency. Uh, for LTE, we've included 2x2 uh, MIMO, so you actually have parallel um, transmit channels and parallel receive channels. So uh, that might be new to some of you. Uh, we have multiplexed the RF inputs and outputs to make the RF connectivity easier. So for example, if you're doing a multi-band radio system, you can use one set of inputs and outputs, say for example for 900 megahertz, and you can do the matching networks for that. And then you can do a separate one, say for 2.1 gigahertz. Um, the transceiver has continuous coverage from 100 kilohertz through to 3.8 gigahertz. Okay, it also has a, um, programmable analog IF filtering from about 600 kilohertz through to 80 megahertz. Uh, some of our other parts allow you to use external filters, so you can bring that right down to uh, a couple of hundred kilohertz for GSM. 
It has a, a programmable digital IF, which can run up to about 160 megasamples <coughs> per second. It has on chip reconfigurable signal processing. I'll go into a bit more detail about that a little bit later. It also has a FPGA, as I say, for uh, linking and for additional uh, processing and a USB free link. And I believe on the crowdsource uh, page, it's currently retailing at $300 a board. And we're actively collaborating with the open source community to uh, make this a success. So in previous days, you actually had to fight tooth and nail to uh, get the uh, software um, to actually work with the uh, dongles. But nowadays, we're actually helping you uh, with the infrastructure that already exists from previous uh, uh, software projects. So the key feature of the Lime SDR is the LMS7002M transceiver chip. And this basically provides most of the, well, pretty much all the features of this radio card. So um, one key thing is it's a relatively low power part. So typically it would draw about one watt of power, uh, which is well within the capabilities of a USB uh, power supply. I think we covered most of the things on this uh, slide, so I'm not going to dwell on that. But if we were to take the lid off this uh, chip and have a look inside, I think some of you may have seen the data sheet already. And there's parts of it that terrify us, so I'm sure there'll be a few things that you might find terrifying. <clears throat> but one of the key things is that the each you have four channels. You have two uh, receive channels and two transmit channels to give you the two-by-two two, uh, MIMO. And on each of these, there's three LNA inputs and two TX outputs. So you can actually multiplex these to um, um, match up with your various filtering configurations. We have some high-speed um, data converters. The uh, ADCs uh, operate up to about 160 megasamples per second. And the DACs operate at 640 megasamples per second. So if you just wanted the ADCs and DACs, you could buy one of our chips and then bypass the RF parts and just use them as data converters if you have some high-speed uh, data capture projects. Uh, we have programmable IF filters on the chip, so we can actually uh, optimize the uh, system for Nyquist and um, uh, rejection of unwanted uh, frequency products. And of course, we have LNAs and uh, programmable gain amplifiers as well. So it's a very high-featured um, radio system. So now coming back to this idea of having signal processing on a radio transceiver chip. It doesn't do everything that you could do, but it does a lot of the things that you need to do for applications such as uh, repeater uh, systems. So, for example, we have uh, IQ uh, phase and gain correction, which you need for image rejection. We have DC offset cancellation. Uh, we have uh, inverse sync uh, correction on the transmit side. We have digital uh, up converters and down converters, so you can do low IF. Uh, we have decimators and interpolators, so we can minimize the traffic at the digital interface whilst making the best use of oversampling on the data converters. We also have programmable FIR filters, so you can uh, download whatever uh, digital filtering you need on that. Uh, 
Uh, on the uh, receiver side, we have a uh, received signal strength indicator in the digital baseband, and we also have a digital automatic gain control. So all these blocks are bypassable, all these blocks are programmable. Another uh, thing that we developed as a company is this Myriad RF open source community. And this has provided a way of doing the bits that you guys actually need for the thing to operate and allowing you to get on with developing fantastic uh, SDR applications. And also, um, I think a number of people have developed boards as well, which I think are on the um, Myriad RF's uh, website. So we believe very strongly in working with the open source community. And Lime has established a network of developers that are designing hardware and uh, deploying affordable wireless systems. Success of these open source platforms is made possible by the configurability and ease of use of the Lime field programmable RF chip. There's been a number of applications uh, developed. Um, obviously, it started out as a femtocell system, so no surprise we can do 2G, 3G, and 4G, and probably a large part of 5G whenever that's finalized. Uh, there's been interest in using uh, uh, the system for budget uh, instrumentation and test and measurement equipment. I believe we recently had a demo from one of our guys are doing a uh, network analyzer using our chip. I believe that some other people have done oscilloscopes and uh, spectrum analyzers and so on. There's also some interest in uh, budget avionics and navigation instrumentation. So again, this would be something that would appeal to the Americans who uh, love to uh, fly. Um, I used to work with a guy who uh, lived in Wyoming and uh, had moose outside his office. Uh, and he occasionally would fly into the office in Santa Rosa. Um, <coughs> so he had his own actual plane. So I understand the popularity of some of these things. Um, ham radio, I think we met some uh, guys who are into ham radio and uh, uh, frequency scannings uh, during the afternoon. Um, wonderful stuff. Uh, I think some of you may be interested in drones. Um, the LIME chip can operate in two areas in this. It can help to provide the command and control to the drone, and it can also provide streaming services. So, for example, if you have a camera mounted on your uh, drone, you might want to feedback it as a Wi-Fi signal. Uh, there's been some interest on radio astronomy, but I haven't actually followed that one, so I don't know what they've done. Um, I think uh, Ricardo's been demonstrating a media streaming as part of your demo. Um, yes, and some of the, yeah, sorry. Um, on the guys who uh, seen our demos, you can actually, uh, if you remember, we had the box that we can do a video call stream. So on these boxes, we also can do a uh, simple just video streaming that we can store the video on that box and, you know, just stream over the phones. So, yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing we've been getting involved in is the Internet of Things. I believe uh, some people have developed a utility meter uh, application for that, and I think another person has developed tire monitoring, uh, uh, tire pressure monitoring. There's also been some interest in radar and uh, um, computer peripherals and so on. So this list is continually growing as people find more and more ideas. So going back to democratizing uh, wireless networks, 
uh, what people often like to do is just simply buy a box and download the software and just get on with it. Uh, other people like to do it the hard way, such as myself, um, but uh, each their own. So we have this um, uh, LTE system here with a 10 watt PA, which I... Uh, Ricardo, do you want to talk about that? Um, Sorry. You know more about it than me. So, um, again, uh, we were using some um, off-the-shelf PC that you can buy for $300, $400. We were using as well the PC Express board connected to uh, one of the slots. Um, to extend the range, we were using 10 watts PA. As you can see, that uh, metal thing, and uh, if you can just get a pointer. So that was a, a 10 watt PA connected straight away to, um, I think that was going to um, a duplexer and, and actually no, it's actually going to straight away to PC Express and then going to duplexer. So um, we were running as well LTE stack on that and um, well, we couldn't be close to the box with such 10 watts output power, so that's probably gonna um, melt your brain. But um, it should get quite a decent range, I would say three kilometers or something like that. Okay, do you want to say anything about these guys? Um, right, uh, okay. <laughs> um, again, these, these uh, boxes are on our display today, uh, so they are something like uh, femtocells uh, that they are using USB interface alignments to your cards, uh, these ones. Uh, so the main idea here that um, um, using that uh, concept um, that you have uh, flexible radio and the flexible really um, uh, computer power, uh, you can scale these base stations to anything you like from 4G uh, base station or 3G or 2G, depend your, on your um, communication needs. Um, um, yeah, and uh, probably the main that we uh, the main board that we're trying to um, demonstrate use this USB 3 uh, or USB uh, powered uh, Lime SDR which as you probably know that we went for crowd crowd uh, campaign uh, campaign and we were successful so we're going to start shipping them in the in the end of this year so uh, you you can join uh, uh, still you can go and buy if you like it The other thing that's um, quite interesting is that this uh, board over here has the capability of doing adaptive digital pre-distortion. So some of the power amplifier uh, people like to use that to get the best efficiency out of their PA systems. Okay, we're also supporting uh, third-party designs uh, when we can. Uh, so this is an example of a board done by uh, Fairwaves and it's a mini uh, PCI SDR radio with a, one of our 7002 chips on it. Uh, 2 by 2 MIMO has all the features of the 7002, but it also has a GPS-disciplined uh, uh, oscillator on board as well for to meet the timing requirements of things such as LTE and TDD. Okay, we're now going to move on to a, a detailed example, which I, hopefully you won't find too terrifying. Um, so you have permission to cover your eyes if you find it too scary. Um, basically, we're looking at doing GPS reception on a Lime SDR card. So the first thing to start talking about is that radio systems rarely exist in isolation. 
And increasingly, we're seeing that people not only want GPS, but they also want to do Wi-Fi, uh, mobile, and so on. And you may also be unfortunate enough to be next to a large TV transmitter. So this leads to a situation where you can have some really large signals, such as a TV transmitter at 100 kilowatts ERP, uh, whereas your GPS signal is actually about a femtowatt. So that's a massive, massive dynamic range. So uh, more reasonably is a GSM handset would be something like two watts effective radiated power, worst case. Uh, a typical Wi-Fi system would be about 20 dBm, which is 0.1 watt uh, peak. And uh, obviously WCDMA and uh, LTE are going to be sort of similar sort of power levels. <clears throat> so the GPS signal which we're interested in is not only is it small, but it's also actually buried in the noise floor of the system. So you've got a very challenging reception system. And there's a number of features uh, in the Lime uh, chip that make this easier, but you also need a saw filter to keep out all the bad guys. And uh, most um, um, GPS antennas would probably have a saw filter within them. Uh, it's difficult actually getting the data from the data sheet sometimes. So that some of the features in the Lime SDR, uh, or in the 7002, which uh, make it uh, very good for these uh, challenging reception situations, is the uh, low noise figure, uh, the, the low far-out phase noise, uh, relatively high 1 dB compression point, and good second and third order intercept points, and also it has quite a lot of bits on the ADC. So a classic uh, GPS uh, receiver would only have two or three bit uh, ADC, so it's, it has very little room to cope with a large interfering signal, uh, whereas the uh, Lime SDR chip is a 12-bit device. So you actually have plenty of bits for uh, large signal interference. The other issue with uh, processing GPS signals is that they're rather large. Um, basically, to get sufficient information from the satellite signal to decode your position, you need about 30 seconds worth of data. And, uh, <coughs> You normally sample at something like two mega samples per second, and with a two times 12-bit words per sample on a uh, shared bus, this is coming out at something like 98.2 megabits per second data rate, which can be comfortably handled by USB 3, but USB 2 wouldn't be able to handle that data rate. So if you're just doing the 30-second uh, data grab for the uh, five subframes you need for GPS, uh, that's corresponding to something like 123 megasample data set to process. So that's not too bad. That's quite reasonable. If you went for the full 25-frame um, data set to get the Almanac data, then you're looking at something like three gigasamples of data, uh, which is quite a commitment. Having said that, um, getting cheap memory these days is not such a problem, so uh, it is becoming very feasible. But there's a need to actually minimize what comes out of the Lime chip so that the software isn't buried in numbers. Okay, this is one of the frightening slides, so uh, feel free to cover your eyes. Uh, basically, 
When I set up this, this example, I did an oversampled low IF receiver. Uh, there's some good reasons for doing these things. Basically, when you calibrate a zero IF transceiver, you still have some residual uh, DC left. And in most cases, this doesn't really matter very much. But for uh, very sensitive applications, such as GPS, this begins to limit your sensitivity of your transceiver. So by moving over to low IF, you avoid the residual DC. And uh, you're able to get a couple more dBs of sensitivity. Another thing is that the data converters um, if you use oversampling with a data converter, you effectively get some extra bits. Every time you double the sample rate over what you need, you get one more digital bit. So um, because we're using such a uh, system, we're using a 3 megahertz IF filter. So our, our low IF is about two uh, megahertz, well, 1.5 megahertz offset. And then we uh, use our a digital uh, conversion system to down-convert this uh, to baseband. And I'll go into some detail of, uh, of this now. So you remember earlier I showed you this really frightening diagram with lots of boxes on it. I'm now going to show you which of these boxes I'm using for a GPS. Right, so we uh, have an external antenna, LNA and SOL. Uh, we have at the front end RF set up for a particular configuration. And then we're making use of the various digital blocks here. So we have an internal clock generator, which is generating our timing, uh, which is locked to the reference crystal. Uh, we have the ADC running at uh, a quarter of this uh, speed. We have image rejection uh, correction uh, blocks here, which uh, reject any uh, image band signals. Um, we have a digital down converter here running at 1.5 megahertz with a complex mixer. We have times 32 decimation. So this is taking our 65 megasamples per second and turning this into 2 megasamples per second. So we dramatically reduced our data into the uh, computer at this point. We also have a FIR filter to help with noise filtering. So the FIR filter, we designed it using a script written in Octave, and it generates all the coefficients and writes it into a convenient file. OK, so now we get to the nice uh, picture. And um, basically, we're using an um, antenna mounted on a ladder in my back garden here, uh, stuck down with tape. Uh, is a north-facing garden, so the house is obstructing some of the views of the satellites, but I extended the cable sufficiently long to see enough to make this system work reasonably well. So here is the uh, um, scan of the satellite code. So there's 32 uh, possible codes, and uh, we're here we're receiving seven satellites, and this one here is probably just too small to decode, uh, so we're actually getting six usable satellites. This is the recovered data from one of the satellites. Uh, this is some diagnostic information, which I won't go into today. And then we have the exciting di diagram here, which is the location of the satellites and my location. So you have uh, longitude along here, and you have latitude here. So the equator is here, if you like. 
the North Pole is here, the South Pole is here, and the Greenwich Meridian is somewhere around there. And you can see the uh, six satellites that were received, and uh, you can see there's one that uh, we calculated from the Almanac position. And uh, as you can see, it successfully uh, decoded the uh, satellite information. So I don't think we got sound on this, but this is a um, uh, basically an LTE overhead projector. And uh, basically the, the video is transmitted via the LTE and it's then decoded and demodulated and then displayed on the overhead projector uh, using the projector unit. Do you want to say anything more about that, Ricardo? Um, so, uh, again, anyone who has been on our site, actually, they've probably seen this projector running. Um, again, it's using our Lime SDR board, which is, you know, connected to prior USB 3 to that uh, CPU. And we are, uh, again, running LTE, open source LTE stack over there that uh, enables us to uh, connect these phones to that um, yeah, uh, projector. So it works like a concept that you can pretty much um, use that Lime SDR in any uh, device that has a bit more uh, processing power and enables you to you know, do some kind of communication link. Um, if, you, if you want to see it, uh, you still can uh, come to our website, uh, sorry, website sorry, stand and we can demonstrate that for you straight away. Okay, just a quick summary to say where we got to. Uh, through a combination of advances in low-cost computing power, low-cost field programmable RF devices and digital devices, and the availability of open source software and internet connectivity, it's now possible to design low-cost software-defined radio wireless networks. Uh, we also looked at a real-world example of using GPS on a Lime SDR card, showing how the field programmable RF can lead to an efficient high-performance implementation of a software-defined radio with minimal external components. I forgot to mention there's an external bias T, uh, which is powered from the um, LMS 7000, and, uh, sorry, the Lime SDR card uh, for the GPS example. Uh, we believe software-defined radio is all about uh, participation, and we continue to invite you to back our campaign on the Crowd Supply uh, website. Okay, so that's the end of my talk, and you're now free to ask any questions if time allows. So with regards to uh, Wi-Fi, for instance, the FCC recently has been um, pushing, uh, they have a proposal out to push down regulations on Wi-Fi routers to limit, the, essentially the Wi-Fi wi manufacturers have to say how you can avoid or how they can prevent the firmware from being changed to um, isolate the radio to specific power requirements within specific frequencies. I mean, 
obviously with your device, you're kind of all over the place, uh, which is kind of the point of your device. So, I mean, are you participating in that FCC discussion? Are you aware of it? Like, uh, usually what the US does, other countries do, um, with returns to safety. I mean, there's one thing if it's, I mean, you do happen to be talking to a room full of hackers. So, I mean, I'm just curious, like, have you thought about that and how that affects you? Well, thank you for the question. Um, well, basically what we do is just trying to get this alignment as you are board to uh, anyone so they can play around with anything where, uh, what they want. Um, have we discussed with FCC about this? No. And we are not uh, participating in any discussion with FCC. Um, thank you. Um, is that the way to go? Probably. Uh, but what we're looking for is to um, as that uh, presentation says, we need to think about the uh, easiest way to, um, to use our uh, wireless communication links. Uh, and I think that LIMSDR is that uh, where LIMSDR comes as a, as, a, as, a, as a hardware that enables you to use you know, uh, any open interface in the air. guidelines only affect a specific portion of the 5 gigahertz spectrum and 5 gigahertz is above your range secondly um, research and testing devices are excluded if I remember correctly please check the guidelines right um, yeah um, yeah can you repeat that um, yeah I think that um, it's only covering a certain portion of the 5 gigahertz spectrum where DFS radar is and you guys aren't within that um, frequency spectrum Secondly, I think that testing and research equipment is excluded. It was largely to commercially available devices. Um, yeah. Okay, just to add a few comments to that. Uh, the issue of power detection, it comes up quite often in other uh, radio standards. And the way it's normally handled is you would have a directional coupler after the power amplifier. And you would either uh, use a... Um, power detector chips such as one of the ADI devices or you can use one of the transceivers uh, to measure the RF power uh, being fed back. Uh, you mentioned open source. Are you working with such developers for applications like SDR Sharp and New Radio? Um, yes, we do have uh, support already for GNU Radio and uh, the board uh, just just recently you know, uh, has been available for people. So yes, there will be a lot of things to come. Um, data sheets, full access to data sheets without NDAs, are they available? Um, source code for bit streams for, it looks like you've got a, an Altera up there, is that available or is that? something that you're keeping internally to yourselves, or wh where are you going to take the design kind of going forward? Well, um, Lime Microsystems as a company, they we always supported open source initiatives. So we've been open, I think, uh, since when we created the company. These guys created the company. So yes, uh, data sheets are available to anyone. Uh, there are a lot of technical documents in, uh, in our website, limemicro.com, that you can get. There are a lot of discussions in the myriad.org around our transceivers or our ports that are being developed with our transceivers. And in terms of open source, well, 
it's probably the name says everything, right? So if there is open source software, you have to have any uh, documentation about it. Um, so obviously you're focused on shipping this version of the product, but uh, kind of what are some of the things that you might be seeing 18 to 24 months out for like a version two, some things that you're back burnering right now? Um, yeah, so the second thing that we want to do, uh, well first, first thing we want to do is try to establish the production line for Lime SDR board. Second thing after that is accomplished, we're going to release uh, the, uh, the board which will extend the frequency range up to 12 gigahertz. So I'm a complete noob to radio. It's all fascinating, but I know next to nothing. Uh, sorry. Uh, so two questions. One, uh, for the Lime SDR, is there a kit that I can get for like everything else, right? Like everything that sits between the antenna and the board, um, just to get started. I know if I were to be serious about it, I would need to like design my own stuff there. Uh, and the other question is, you talked about how the Lime chip is low cost. What does low cost mean in comparison to your competitors? Um, okay, um, thank you for the question. Uh, so in terms of the kit, um, if you go to our LimeSDR.org website, you will find um, modifications of the board that you can buy. So you can buy the, uh, uh, yeah, with the package, you can buy just bare PCB, you can buy antennas, um, cables, um, different type of cases. So there are things to choose from. Right, um, and the second question was? Okay, so yes, uh, we are, uh, we are really competing with a company called ADI. ADI has similar transceivers. I'm not sure if they are open as we are. And in terms of price, well, probably can go in DigiKey and, and find out, right? Okay, thank you. Uh, how many of the folks here attended back at H2K2 uh, 2002, the uh, GNU Radio uh, at USRP uh, demo and talk. All right, so it's been uh, it's been 14 years since then. So we have a we have a community here, of people that are really interested in this, and this obviously is a uh, you know really leapfrogs that. I mean, GNU Radio and uh, USRP is still around, um, is being used for some amazing applications, but uh, this appears to me to be almost a paradigm shift in how how far we can push the envelope in this. Um, how many people in this room have some form of SDR, other than what's in their phone? Wow. Other than what's in their phone. What's that? <laughs> so that's a lot of uh, SDR adopters here. How many, of them are how many people are using them for uh, uh, monitoring uh, HF, shortwave reception? Okay. Um, what are, could you hear some of the other applications people are using SDRs for that are interested in using this platform for? Spectrum analysis? I'm sorry? Oh, okay. Flight data? Satellite communications? Television? Uh, digital television? Open source cellular? LTE? What other things? 
Mesh, point-to-point -point microwave. Mesh, mesh, mesh networking. I'm sorry? Security research, of course. Okay. So, I, like, I couldn't hear him. But, uh, so, from a standpoint of, uh, of getting into this, the uh, crowd supply is the, uh, is the source where, you can, where people can purchase the hardware from, right? And the availability is, is what on this? You're, you, you've gotten the crowdfunding you needed, and you're, in full, you're in moving into full production now. So when can people expect to receive their hardware that they were to get on order on crowd supply? Yeah, we committed to uh, end up the web. Okay. So we committed to deliver uh, a Lime SDR board to backers and anyone who's going to back now uh, by the end of uh, November this year. Okay. So this is, uh, this is not vaporware. This is real. You can see it downstairs. And... Uh, uh, this is going to be amazing. So, um, in the next, uh, so sometime in the next few months, next year, we're going to see some really interesting applications. And is there some sort of contest going on you have for uh, 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 awarding people to come up with the best ideas? Yes. Um, so, thank you, everyone, who has participated in that. Um, I want to say there were very huge and very interesting ideas that you come up with. I think the uh, winners already had to get some email. So saying that who has uh, who has won Lime SDR, so please come in uh, uh, to our stand and uh, get uh, Lime SDR right now. Downstairs Thank you. in the vending area, right at the bottom where the uh, freight where the um, express elevator is, is where they're taking. Yeah. Great. Thank you.